to welcome you all to this session on production design with Arwell Wynne-Jones and a team of people that have been working with him from between one and five years, I think. Um, we have here Harry Drow, Kaylee Powell, Richard Wells, and Rebecca Gresham. And they're all going to talk a little bit today about their backgrounds and our all lead the session. Um, I'm sure you know a little bit about him if you've booked this session, but Arwell uh, is famous for Sherlock, Doctor Who, Lady Chatterley's Lover. He designed the 13th Doctor's sonic screwdriver, as well as the TARDIS. Um, yeah, so he's got lots to talk about, and we, um, yeah, we also have this amazing <coughs> loan here today. That's what happens when you work for me for a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just Everyone has some help now. Yeah. <laughs> also, just to mention that um, we have Penny Stews here Hello. From, yeah, from Wales Screen. And Wales Screen is a company that finds film locations um, for film production companies in Wales. Um, Penny will also be around to answer questions at the end of the session. And there's some leaflets and some free pens. Very nice free pens. Um, we thought we'd just talk briefly about the structure of an art department and how all of us got to the point we're at at the moment to start you off. Um, Richard was very, very lucky because Richard's a graphic designer, so I got him to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just, just a brief outline, really, of the, um, the, the flow of, as a flow of information more than anything. Um, through the, as a production designer, you have to be in contact with the execs, the writers, the producer, director, Quite often these days, the writer and executive producers are the same person, so there's that kind of flow. You also have to collaborate, or if, if you don't, it's very silly of you, with the DOP, costume, location managers, everyone, and also work very cl closely with the CGI, prosthetics, rigging, and SFX, all these different departments, you know, so everyone's kind of intertwined, really. You have to have a flow of information between everyone. Then, within the art department, you have then directly linked to the production designer, generally. This is my art department, you know, other ones may have a slightly different structure, but this is the way we are at the moment. Of an art director and a set decorator. So that's the kind of the first basic split. So the art director kind of facilitates everything we kind of co-design or work on and everything throughout. Um, the draftsman, draftsperson on this current job is Rebecca. Um, through to the construction company that builds it and that kind of thing. So that's a direct line just on construction elements. We have some examples of drawings from Doctor Who over there. You can have a look at that if you want to show that that's what we work together back and forth. So then the, other, the second side of it is more the set decoration. So it's once the sets are built or if you go into a location, you have a set decorator that you work closely with about what props you get for dressing and setting it up. The set decorator has a direct line then with a, a prop buyer, which is kind of directly, which is Kaylee, who's been doing this on this current job with us on Dracula. Um, uh, who also have petty cash buyers then, but them that we send out to get various things, quick, quick, get this. <laughs> which you've also done. Mm -hmm. um, and you can see the various various elements. So we've got assistant art directors and art department assistants, which are kind of the first roles, generally speaking, we tend to fill from people who've been on work experience or that kind of thing. Um, but then beyond that, again, we've got various things like um, the props hands, charge and storm, and all within the props department that helped go out and dress the sets, do all of that kind of thing. Um, standby props are the guys that work with the standby art director on the floor when we're actually filming. So they are the art department on the studio floor or on location floor that do deal with all the 
day-to-day -day stuff and looking after our uh, interests. Um, and graphic design, which is, as you can see, a very, very fine example here. Um, the, the we get through to motion graphics on something like Doctor Who, which is uh, quite a lot, for example. Um, quite a bit on just general day-to-day -day things as well, because you have a website, so we have to control it. It has to be designed and created and, and done all the way. Um, signs, you know, everything from the printers. Sorry. Um, so, you know, um, things that need to be printed, put up on the outside of buildings, everything. Anything you see that's got any kind of graphic elements to it. On the current show we're doing, it's a, very, it's a period show, so we've got lots of um, manuscripts, books, uh, for sale elements, stuff from Victorian, Victoriana, which is all generated by Richard. Um, so that's the kind of basic layout, and that's the, the supposed perfect flow of information. But it is also, as a production designer, I, I especially I like to micromanage a little bit, I like to talk to everyone. You know, it's not just that I, I wouldn't just go and ask, oh, Harry, will you go and tell Richard to do this? Or I would go direct and back and forth. But that because of that also, it's quite important that the art director has a, has a link to most people. And therefore also, the set decorator also likes to have a link to a lot of people, right? So it can become very complicated. So it's very important to have a kind of an eye in the whole thing and to listen in and kind of know what's going on. Because everyone will end up talking to each other and then it becomes a big mess. <laughs> So, um, let's go back to how it should be. Uh, so, the way I started um, to get up uh, into the art department was I started off as a, as a floor runner, making tea and coffees, um, that kind of thing, and worked my way up slowly. I didn't do a design course, haven't got uh, any kind of thing to my name, really, so it's not the most ideal way. But by doing the way I did, I got to learn most people's roles, most people's jobs, as I worked my way up. And it's helped me in numerous um, different ways because it means that, well, A, no, people can't bullshit you as much because you know what their <laughs> job is. Um, and also, you know um, how to ask a favour from someone or, you know, who can best help you out in that scenario. Especially, I was a standby art director for quite a while. And then you, you know the departments that can help you out in various different scenarios and if you're in difficulty. Um, so that was my way. So it's a, not the way I would ne necessarily recommend to anyone to, to do it. but. The first, the first opportunity I always got, I made the most of. You know, whenever I got a foot in the door anywhere, I made the most of it, and then I tended to get asked back, which was lucky. But so that's the way I kind of say to anyone that gets any work experience is make sure they remember you and do you do your best, and then you've got a better chance then of going along. So Harry, you did it slightly differently. Uh, yeah, the proper way. I uh, did an art foundation and then a theatre design course a couple of years late than normal. And then um, after I finished my uni course, I got some work experience in TV on a children's show called Grandpa in My Pocket, making props as a, as a prop maker. Um, they asked me back a year later to do another show, and then that sort of snowballed from there. We meet people, and then they go on to another job and ask you to come into that in various positions. So I did prop making, a little bit of painting, and then um, I did that in theatre as well when I wasn't doing TV <coughs> and then I ended up doing a bit of standby props which was my first bit on, on set um, and then after a couple of jobs ended up being a standby art director and been doing that for quite a few years and then now I'm doing art director um, and there's some jobs so on this one it's 
very much broken up like that. But on some of the smaller and uh, lower budget stuff, standby art director, art director, concept artist, prop maker will be the same job, and it might be called standby art director or art director and painter and, and painter. yeah, yeah. driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everything. So it does depend on the scale of the job, very much. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, I started off doing a design course at university and then did work experience and was struggling to really get into the industry, get paid to work, did a bit of running, but then I got onto a trainee skill with creative skill set. I think it's um, called screen skills now. Um, so I got my first, my second job was with Alwal, again as a trainee through skill set. Um, and then so I did like an art department assistant role, helped out with a lot of things. And then naturally got into like the buying side, did pet cash buying, and then props buying, and then production buying, and the job that I'm on now. <coughs> so Katie essentially did, um, on every job she's done with me, she stepped up the ladder of a role every time. So far. Richard? I did a TV and film set design course at Glamorgan Uni, which I think is now called University of South Wales, I think, mm. rebranded. Yeah, I did a three-year drafting technical drawing course. I went in not really knowing what I wanted to do in the industry, which is probably a bad way of doing it, but um, kind of found out over the course of the three years that I wasn't really interested in technical drawing and that kind of thing, so <laughs> it was a bit panicky for a while, but we did a one module on graphics, it was like an introduction to Photoshop, just the basics, and we had to make some uh, like period theatre posters, and that kind of clicked, and that was like, I realised, oh, okay, that, that's what I'll do. So. Um, after I graduated, there was um, the BBC do a, it's called Vision, I don't know if it's still running, BBC Vision programme where you submit your portfolio and then they select so many people to be put on work placements. And I did a four week placement on the show Torchwood, which is a Doctor Who spin off. And uh, that was just an art department assistant role, but they said, can you do graphics? And I just said, kind of, yes. I kind of blagged my way into painting myself as a graphic designer, <laughs> even though I barely had any experience. I was like constantly. Googling how to do things in Photoshop <coughs> and the slide kind of thing. But um, yeah, and then just um, carried on from there, made contacts on that, and yeah, just carried on building my portfolio as a graphic designer then, because I um, knew that's what I wanted to do. So just made sure I got a range of different periods and things in my portfolio, and uh, yeah, took it from there. And Rebecca, this is Rebecca's first job with me, so <laughs> this is a very different way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so I came from a fine art background. I ended up studying TV and film set design in Wales and I ended up moving back towards London which is sort of where I'm from and I first sort of proper role in the arts department was arts department assistant on the end of the Epping world um, and yeah and since then I was quite nice because it was a very small sort of production so I got given a lot more responsibility than you would on a big grand scale feature film or something like that. Um, so I kind of moved up to assistant art director pretty quickly. Um, and then from there I sort of decided I wanted <coughs> to specialise more in drafting as that is my passion. And that is currently where I am right now. So, so yeah, so Rebecca um, uh, is a prime example of the right email at the right time because uh, I needed uh, a new draft person <laughs> for the current job and her email just popped up literally with, within the week of when I was trying to look at different people 
uh, and a good interview with a good portfolio and uh, maybe a little note on the interviews is just a very very keen wanting you know obviously wanting the job so that was with, with a strong portfolio not you know just being please please employ me isn't good enough but um, <laughs> the, 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 the whole thing was so um, we I didn't need even need to interview anyone else that was it you know so she got the job um, Richard was more of a kind of having worked with various people in my department. My old art director had worked with me on a few jobs suddenly mm. and everything. So it was partly recommendation and from when I'd seen some of his work because through working on job on jobs that were next door to the ones I was on, you know, you'd see some stuff as well. So that was once again a different thing, but it's on recommendation on you know working very well with the people and people then therefore will put your name forward. Uh, Kaylee, as we've already um, discussed, you know, started off as a in a trainee scheme, did well, made us remember her, gave her a petty cash opportunity or ad found assistant opportunity, then and has co um, constantly done well and moved up. And Harry just happened to be in the right place at the right time. <laughs> uh, no, Harry did um, uh, standby art director for, for some Doctor Who last year, and have my art director over the, the last few years is now designing Doctor Who. And um, my, the natural choice for me was Harry was ready for it. He's done enough um, on the show, even though I've not known him that long, to make me think he could do the step up. And bizarrely, when I was speaking to Dav, he'd, he'd thought the same thing, so I just got in there first. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, it, I know it, I'm terrible at doing interviews for people. Um, I, you know, I, I go off my, my instincts on, how, on whether I like someone or, or, you know, or whether they're right for the job, not just like, you know, there's. Sometimes you will interview someone, and the, and the work is brilliant, uh, but then you might think, oh, they might not fit this current group, or they might not fit this. So it's not always about the work and everything. It's just about thinking about who you match up with people as well, and to work in the environment, especially in a standby art director role, I think, which is the most difficult one to fill because sometimes you have directors, some of whom can be awkward. Um, so you've always got to kind of try and work out who you place with who, you know, to try and get the both the best out of the whole thing. Um, so that's our kind of basic structure, really, of um, how you do it. Uh, I've got a couple of behind-the-scenes things I can show you, or would you rather do some questions first? Anyone got a question? No? Everyone knows exactly what they want to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Did, did you know that... I'll, I'll show you something then. Um, the way you just walked in here is featured in Sherlock, for example. Do you recognise that colour out there? Check. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's into a set. Um, so that was purely, I didn't know we were in this room, but when I was up this morning, I went, oh, I can I'll pull that up. Um, and uh, also, I thought I'd share some, um, some images of our friend Kevin here from the set. So this is a set we built in uh, Rothlock Studios and uh, some of the technical drawings on there are of the set and what we work from. So you can have a look at the relationship for, between everything really. So that's what we start with. We end up building that and destroying that. <laughs> uh, just to show you a rough kind of... And um, all those computer panels um, in the background, they're all actually Christmas lights. <laughs> And that's the full one before he was melted. Yeah. Um, so, 
If anyone's, no one's going to ask me any questions, this is going to end up very rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything anyone wants to know about how, how to start, what to do? Yeah, where, where would you go for advice on that? Because three years and university fees are a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I, one of the, one of the key things I, I would do, and having not done that, but one of the key things I would look at is their links to to industry. As I think um, the work experience part of it for me is one of the keys now, mm-hmm. because th- there are, like you say, a lot of courses. There's lots of different, and there's an enormous amount of work going on in the UK, especially in South Wales. Um, so there is a need for people. So it's just making sure that there, there's a link between the course or the that school and actual industry. So, you know, having those um, work experience days or weeks or whatever you get is invaluable. So I think that's one key thing. Is and a lot of a lot of courses are advertised. Oh, we've got a good link with such and such a TV show or or whatever you know whatever. Um, and once you get your foot in the door, that's the one. You know, because that's the important thing is making people know who you are. <coughs> This industry is very based on who you know, Mm. Um, so work experience is a really great way to meet people in the industry, and if you do well, then they might want you back or whatever, Um, but that is all about contacting, that's how this industry works, because it's not like you can just go online and fill out a job application. I get a lot of of email CVs, uh, and sometimes they come in a barrage, so I, I very rarely answer anymore, I know it's... It's a bit rude, and I try to, but I, we keep them all, and we go through and we go through things. But um, especially when we're working, your time is so limited that to actually go through and read loads of, of CVs from people who are just looking for their first break, it's very difficult um, to have the time and kind of wait down. What we tend to do on, when we're in prep is people that have sent those CVs, I try and punch them together and go right. How many? You know, we'll contact as many as possible and ask who wants work experience, and we'll try and lay out. Uh, a rota of work experience throughout the whole job. Not everyone, not all companies allow you to do it, but um, Hartford, who do Sherlock and the current Dracula, are very good. So we've got three students normally, or so three people every two yeah, weeks. Two or three every week. Yeah. Um, whilst we were doing uh, Doctor Who last year, we had uh, mainly, I have to say, for the, because they're the two colleges here, from uh, um, Bush College of uh, Music and Drama and from the uh, TV and Film Design course in the atrium we had students constantly rotating for two weeks at a time just to, and it just gives people an insight and gets to get to know a little bit of what all the different varying departments that we were talking about no, do you know because when you say a design department it's such a wide gamut of roles where you know someone saying all right i want to be in design <coughs> well yeah but which part there's a phenomenal amount of different things you could be doing and certain people find when they do the, the practical work experience they're actually oh Prop dressing is really cool, is you know, it's the kind of thing I get to I get to be involved, I dress a bit of a set, have an input, um, and it's a great great way to do something. Uh, other people really turn to the um, scenic art side of it and help out the paint the artists, especially if you have uh, maybe a fine arts background or that kind of thing, um, or turn to graphics, um, help out doing stuff, and uh, you know, more not so much maybe the motion graphics and stuff, but sometimes they help Richard out when there's a lot of um, physical stuff that he's doing. Uh, so it's just trying to give people an opportunity to see all the different things. The so courses, what they teach, vary quite a lot as well. So yeah. some people, when they start, will know that they want to be a, a dress person or a graphic designer, and the, the course will be aimed at doing that or give you the opportunity to do that. 
uh, my course was I didn't know what I wanted to do and it was quite broad in it had the design, I could make and model parts, I could do technical drawings, I could there was also a workshop to build and make and, and do some arts as well. So that just gave me a good because I didn't know what I was doing. I uh, gave me a good grounding to be able to know a little bit of everything. Mm. So quite Richard's an expert. I'm not. I know a little bit of what he does, and I can do a bit of it if it comes to. I know the bare essentials, basically. I know <laughs> what I need to do. I, don't, um, I haven't mastered both. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Mike. How do you find it with working with different budgets as well? There's not that many different budgets. They're all small. It doesn't matter what anyone tells you. They're all too small for whatever the job is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it varies. Like Harry was mentioning um, the the roles. You know, as in that's the current setup. Uh, I did Keeping Faith two years ago, and that was four of us, you know, so so you do expand. Yes, we brought in um, a drafts person for, for doing the set for a couple of weeks, and we had some graphics done. Couldn't get onto that one, could I? No, no, because <laughs> there, there was only like two weeks' work for a graphic designer, you know what I mean? So Rich is always in demand, so he, he went off and did something else. So, yeah, so you expand and contract depending on what the job is, uh, and that's the same with the budget. You know, you, you kind of go um, and... For me, especially, it's it's about a little bit about experience of knowing roughly how much you can spend and get away with, and then maybe um, f getting a little bit of, of a little nest egg in certain places so you can make a design effort rather than just just do the job. Yeah. So you kind of you know you you, you fight your battles. And that's the same thing as materials. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's again is is um, very uh, budget orientated. You know, it, it sometimes you have to just go with what's available or what you can buy, borrow, and steal. Other times, you can actually influence a lot more. But uh, you know, the low budget stuff tends to um, to shape you a lot more than the big budget stuff, really, because you can it, that shows whether you can do it. Yeah, you end up having to do a lot more different jobs on the smaller stuff in a shorter time yeah. and you film you film more pages as soon as you go yeah. and break down a day so it's how many pages are you shooting that day Get squeezed, and you get squeezed and squeezed, and you know, and, and you also you have the meetings with the director and producer, and they all go, "Oh, we'd love to do this and this," and you're going to go, "Well, you've only got this, you know, you can't expect." So you've got a, there's a bit of that as well, um, but it, it's it's what what you bring to the party with your team, really, and that's the, that's what is kind of that's what tends to um, get you the callback or not. Although I do know quite a few people that tend to get called back even though they go over the budget, which I've never quite understood. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you did. <laughs> oh, this has been recorded. Yes? What are the kind of personality traits that work within your teams and are there <laughs> are there kind of personality traits that are actually I, I think it's important to be a team player. Um, people that are a bit uh, that are selfish and just look after their own thing don't tend to work. It, 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 it's an art department is a team. You know, it's a very like extremely can be up to um, I think at one point on Doctor Who we had seventy people working when we were doing the bigger sets and stuff. 
So you can't have people just going off and looking after themselves and not caring about others. It's got to be kind of a, um, a team effort, really. Uh, or if someone doesn't do that, they don't last very long, generally. You know, because it's, um, it's important. And also, it, it's important for me that uh, a work environment is somewhere that people enjoy being. You know, it's if it's not fun, then it's no point us doing it. You know, it's a that's one of the things we've always tried to do, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah sometimes maybe a bit too much, but um. <laughs> yeah, it's long days and then it takes over your life, so you have to have fun. So if you, yeah, I'd say at least fifty percent of the job is getting on with people around you and the other departments and making everyone else's job a bit easier yeah. if you can. Yeah. It can be pretty intense because, like we're all working away from home at the minute so you're with everybody all the time you're socialising with them after work because there's nobody else around <laughs> um, but yeah you have to get on with people and it's one of those things you know that, that you're never taught because you, you're mentioning courses and stuff you, um, the design elements and all that are, are taught but um, people management very rarely you know you go into um into a banking world, and they have courses on <coughs> HR and um, being team managers and all this kind of thing. We never taught any of that, but then we end up with sometimes the teams bigger than you'd get in that kind of office environment. Uh, also, and this is the other side of the coin, as a production designer that has to deal with um, uh, producers, directors. They, you know, everyone is different, and and so you have to learn to be able to read people and kind of um, get on with the, with these job roles of different people as well. Um, all the time because you can't uh, rub up the wrong way because you, you want them to go with your designs with your with what you do so there's, there's an awful lot of kind of reading people politics dealing that kind of thing which also you'd never you never kind of expected to be part of your job and maths you know um, <laughs> maths daily. <laughs> yeah maths daily yeah but, but drawings and, and lengths of stuff but also budgets you know and, and stuff but that's another kind of thing you, you think you think, oh you know I'm going to have to go and draw pretty things and do stuff but no there's a lot of it that's to do you have to make sure it fits in the columns and gets the uh, ticks the right boxes as well that's why it's best to be a graphics person to do any of that stuff <laughs> <laughs> do your pretty pictures you have to do it in budget question about portfolios yeah um so i'm a university at the moment from yeah. kind of a general graphics course yeah and so a lot of my projects are kind of not geared towards sort of graphic props or film yeah. um would you say it's kind of worth to do like personal projects sort of create a brief and be like i'm creating props for well yeah, you should do that anyway i think yeah, it's yeah, like I richard know. said himself that he, he would do stuff in, in between mm -hmm. jobs in order to have variety it, it, the, one of the big things for graphic designers is to have a variety of what they are capable of doing, I think, showing different styles. Um, I don't, don't want to blow too much smoke up his ass, but um, <laughs> what, what, what's really good about Richard is that he, um, it's very difficult to pick up a, his style. doesn't matter what show we're doing, whether it's period, sci-fi, all of these, the graphics are good. But you'd never necessarily, you wouldn't necessarily think they come from the same person. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the range is fantastic, it, and, and and it's always good. That's the other thing; it's always good, and and you'd never believe because some some people are very good at period stuff and creating, you know, calligraphy and all that kind of thing. But they, you try and get them to do a um, spaceship screen, they fall apart. You know, that doesn't work. But he he's very good at it all. It's a bit spooky. 
<laughs> so it is, yeah, so practice, I would say practice those kind of things. If whatever your projects in on the course are, yeah. it's good, you know, but um, if you start noticing that there's a style happening, well, do something different. Okay. I also think different. if you're aiming to go for a specific role, it's worth aiming your portfolio towards that role instead of just keeping a very general portfolio. For me, as a draft person, it makes sense for me to put construction drawings and stuff in my portfolio and not graphics because that's not what I'm aiming towards. I mean, it's good to show that you've got a lot of general skills, mm. but I think if you are aiming to get down a certain route, definitely try and narrow it down into that direction. But with graphic, it's definitely key to have a good range of periods because um, yeah, I've done, been to interviews where they say, bring your portfolio, but only show your period stuff. And I've not got any period stuff, so I just quickly knock up some things. <laughs> not recently, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not for this. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the main important thing, really, because uh, you're probably ahead of me for having done an actual graphics course. I didn't even get that, so I was having to try and, uh, yeah, just a good range of uh, styles and periods, I think. Yeah, well, uh, what you say is, is good, is, is be, you know, what both of you are saying really is if you start your portfolio, if you go in for a specific job, you, what you could do is start your portfolio with things that are specific to that job, mm -hmm. but also you towards the end you could show a, a range of what you are capable of. But um, but yeah, be specific at the beginning of it, definitely. As a practical skill as well, it's probably good to do things, show maybe not for your portfolio, but learn how to do things really well to take a bit of time, but also learn how to do things really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was one of the first things I was told by a production manager that gave me my first job as a runner. He said, um, what you'll first learn very, very quickly is that there's the, the speed that things happen in TV and the speed the rest of the world moves in. And when you're standing at the shop counter trying to buy something with a crew waiting uh, around the corner for it, there's nothing worse. You're tapping your fingers, tapping your feet, everything. And you know, no matter how fast someone else moves, it's never quick enough. And that's what people tend to expect of you as well. When I did that first work experience on Torchwood, I spent about a day just doing one wine bottle label. Yeah. And I'm like, it's good, but I think you need to go a bit quicker. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Whenever I do standby, I take a printer and uh, my laptop and a range of papers. Um, because of the amount of times I've had to change the labels, mainly because the graphics person's oh. on a spending <laughs> stage. Not rich. <laughs> but, uh, you know, or the director asks for something completely different on the day, and then, or, the, or there's something you need to cover up last minute. Just really quickly make something be able to cover it. Yeah, it, it, it's not allowed now because we're still in the past. Yeah, don't, I didn't know you did that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, no, that's uh, that's a, that's that's it though. Uh, um, or especially like you said on the smaller jobs as well, you tend to have to do a lot more of that on the on the hop, you know, because you're having to do stuff that that you haven't got the backup of being able to just phone the office and go, oh, I need this now. You know, so you need to do it on the full quick. Being adaptable, really. Another thing specific to graphics, I think, as well, is to try and do um, do a lot of hand-drawn graphics as well, and not just stick to Photoshop and those, because like, if you're working on period things, there's a lot of things like, oh, I'm doing a lot of calligraphy and that, so I have to learn that on the hoof kind of thing. <laughs> so I just try and like, be uh, good with practical practical skills like that. Kids yeah, drawings on the refrigerator. Yeah, there's lots of children. The entire art department's drawing with their left hand on <laughs> one, one occasion just to get a free covered with kids. Just about the process of when you get a script and how you break that down. 
Uh, yeah, I, I tend to, I look at it as a collection of problems, um, which, you know, it, you can look at it in different ways, but I think for me, the logical way is that it, it arrives, it's a collection of problems to solve, and you just solve them one by one, and, if, uh, and then you add design to those solutions if you can. Um, and uh, quite often you get scripts in draft form as well, so you get an early draft to know the structure of the story, as it were, but then the writers are always polishing in the same way as all departments do, you know, as you get closer to actually filming, you're trying to get better and better. Um, so those those scripts get changed a little bit, so it's just keeping on top of the changes and making sure that the design ideas you had and what you're trying to implement actually still make sense and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I tend to now, I used to break it down line by line, prop by prop, so the breakdown was as as big a document as the script itself, you know, your cup of coffee would be done and it would be 80 pence, or how, old, how, old, how long ago was that? <laughs> um, uh, you know, so I put 80 pence down in the, in, in the column, um, but now I, it, I don't have the time really to do that, so it's, it's more of a, I, I go per location, um, stack the amount of scenes in those locations or break it down a little bit further, but it's more to do with, from experience now, I kind of, I know that if I've got to build that as a set, and you know, the, uh, roughly a dimension of a, someone's lounge or something. I know roughly how much that would cost to construct it, roughly how much it would cost to decorate it, and roughly how much it would cost to um, populate it with props and furniture. So you, you kind of have a ready, ready reckoner in your head from experience. Um, when you're doing period stuff, it's a little bit more awkward. If you haven't done period for a while, kind of you've got to get back yourself back up to speed because it's slightly different. Um, and the same with sci-fi because you've got a additional stuff to add in and incorporate. But yeah, you, you kind of you know the more you do, the more used you get to it, the kind of easier you get, and the more accurate you get. It's, you you know I can be within a few quid quite often. In terms of figuring out what props and set requirements there are for each scene as well, I I tend to read the script with a highlighter the first time, and then just as I'm reading it, if there's anything, the key words come up, so it's a pace for something at a counter. So you just highlight that, don't think about it, and then carry on. And then the second time I go through, I'd look through it scene by scene and just look at my highlighted bits and then put red in the columns in a, in a spreadsheet so that then I know exactly what props and etc. are in each bit. Yeah, I work similarly because um, as a buyer we work with, with uh, standbys quite often. Um, so they've got a breakdown, we've got a breakdown, we compare but then there's some things that you might have to buy stuff for, but it's still um, a make. So you've got to take into consideration like that sort of thing. If it's to make uh, the make easier, is there something we can get that we can adapt? And yeah, that sort of thing. And then I liaise with Richard because he might need a notebook to do some graphics inside that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Richard just looks at the graphics. He doesn't care about anyone else. Advise everyone to do graphics and none of this nonsense is really, is it? Yeah. What Rebecca and I do is we have a list of all the all the locations. We go right. We will build that. We'll build that. We'll build that. We're definitely not building that. You know, and it's kind of and you you work with the director, location managers, and stuff, and go right. Go, can you go out and find <coughs> all of these? Sometimes it might throw a curveball and they can't find something, <coughs> so we end up then readdressing it and maybe building something that we hadn't intended to in the first place, or schedule dependence, and we might need to be, um, we're, we've got three and a half days in studio, and we need to fill a week, so we need to therefore have another day and a half's work 
in the studio so we have to look at something that we're probably a day and a half's work and then fill it in so there's various things that can affect it as we go along but you kind of go right this makes sense to be built this makes sense to be built and stuff especially generally the amount of work somewhere you know if you've only got a scene or a couple of scenes in a location on a, on a script you generally would try and find that as a location rather than build it because it's not worthwhile but also our locations there are certain things sometimes you need to almost do a little build at the location yes, to make it fit builds. the script to what's required really mm. so that can happen as well and some of the lower budget stuff is just location mm. there is no time to build anything there is no money to build anything you just redress find a location redress it to what you need it to be Information. <laughs> and, and the biggest thing of all, stick to it. I won't get any work again when this goes up. Uh, no, no you, you, can, you have a lot of discussions with directors. You, know, you have to be a little bit malleable because on the day when they block out with the actors, some things will change. But generally, the most important thing, and we, do, we ask for, for a page turn with a director um, a few weeks in advance, uh, once everyone's up to date. So everyone will have their own breakdowns. We cross-reference them. But also what you want to do, because what's in the script is really should be quite simple for everyone to grasp and get out. But what's more difficult is to get what's in the head of the director once he's read the script. So we do a page turn and try and glean them from them if there's anything that's not down on the page that they'd like or which way they'd like to do something. So this information is the, is the key really in, in everything, you know, is, a, is a getting an insight into their heads. And um, storyboards help a lot with that. to do a SketchUp model quickly, 3D, you can look at things. And, and then it's good then for a director as well, so it's a I can visualise in 2D, but a lot of people can't. So showing it in a 3D world is really useful for a lot of people, so they can actually see what you mean. And, what and, you're and even, even, even the writers, you know, not just the directors, even the writers quite often, when you, you get a very detailed description on a page, so you think they've definitely got a picture in their head of what they mean. Yeah. And then you describe something and they just stare at you blankly. It, you always have to have something to show. So yeah. these 3D models are priceless, really. We, um, if we have time, it's always nice to build a white card model as well. So then you mm -hmm. actually got a physical thing to actually look at. 
it's also even useful down to construction, even though they can read the drawings. Sometimes when things are a bit complicated, there's lots of angles and curves, it's just easier that you can see it in that 3D space. So you like, it suddenly then all clicks and they're like, oh, okay, yes, that makes sense. I can understand that now, so thank you. <laughs> How necessary is it getting a degree? Sorry? Uh, how, ne uh, <coughs> how necessary is it to get a degree? To get a degree? A degree? Well, I haven't got one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's not, you know, it's like, a, uh, like I was touching on at the beginning, it's more about, um, <coughs> about work experience. I mean, this, these days, because it's um, a very competitive place, workplace, you know, it probably helps you, but it would only help you maybe if that course, that degree course has links into industry, like I was saying, that would give you an opportunity to get that work experience. I think it's more about getting that foot in the door and and how you get that foot in the door, making sure that you're remembered once you've got it. Yeah, my, my degree in my art foundation has helped me learn the basics of a load of stuff, but really the majority of my learning has been through working afterwards. And it did get me those first couple of jobs in theatre and the work experience, um, my first work experience. But yeah, what doing jobs in theatre and MTV is where I've learned everything. Yeah, I think I've learned more in my four weeks on that placement than I did in three years at university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, um, my course, well, even though it was a design course, it was very broad, so there was nobody doing TV on mine. You could tailor your own projects, and I just ended up helping my boyfriend, who was on the TV at camera, decide if, uh, a different course and just did little projects with him. Um, but I'd say, even if I hadn't gone to university, I think what, how difficult I found it to get work after university would have made a difference. I've never been asked what my degree was, um, what um, I came out with in the end. Like I think it is very much the, it's the contacts that you need, and my university wasn't very good at that. So I kind of was a, on a back foot to start with, and that's why I contacted like Screen Skills and that. <coughs> I mean, for me, it definitely helped. My my course definitely helped me because it did teach me technical drawing. But I learnt so much more being on the job. So it gave me sort of that basis of understanding that I, it's more experience that is the most important thing. I'd say. So you, yeah, you don't necessarily need a degree, but it can help you if you kind of know. Oh, I want to aim that way. Then it it's might. It's help more. Give it's that more about the content of the course than actually yeah. a degree. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been asked about my course. So it's always <laughs> just what's in the portfolio. It's the main yeah. key thing is just uh, showing work. Um, how, when you say like making yourself remembered on a work experience placement, like what what would make you remembered? Well, this will make you get remembered for the wrong thing, right? <laughs> You're sitting in the corner doing this, which you'd be amazed how many people do. Mm. Um, uh, it's it's just being eager and willing, is it, you know. Um, we've got three, uh, currently, as it happens, three from your old course, um, three students with us, and that we'll, we'll all remember all three of them because they've asked incited questions about when we've been showing them around the sets. They've been very, very willing to help out every department, whether it's sweeping up, helping the painters, carrying stuff around, changing candles, uh, where there's been hundreds of changing candles around. Um, you know, it's, it's just being that, that very willing is a very important thing, I think, you know, having an interest. It, it su still surprises me how many people get an opportunity I would have killed for when I was their age and really don't look that bothered to be there. You know, it's, it's, as if it's, if it's as if we're, they're doing us a favour for being there. 
and you kind of go right yeah <laughs> yeah just keep asking questions and mm. keep being willing to do everything that is actually from making a tea to making a crazy pop and two cups mm. more right <laughs> Yeah. I'm not afraid to get your clothes dirty. Don't wear your best clothes. Yeah, balls. don't wear your best <laughs> <laughs> Ever. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't change, does it, really? No. no. <laughs> Hi, going back to the uh, interview process, if you had like, an interview for, as an art department assistant, which is basically your first role, yeah. what are you looking for? Like, Do you uh, prefer to have like um, um, a paper portfolio? Well, it's, it, it, that, it's a difficult one now because the art department assistant can be quite quite a broad gamut. But but that's that's the thing. I tend to look for people who would um, move up to being uh, an, a, a somewhere else within the department. So um, uh, currently we've got um, two art department assistants, stroke, um, low, uh, you know, uh, a petty cash buyer and a drapes person who have really done <coughs> quite a lot of work as art department assistants before that point. Um, and they're they're kind of quite strong. Uh, like Laura's quite um, strong in drawing and being a, a backup standby art director for us. That would probably be her route. Um, and we've got Indigo, who's um, who's very good with her hands, making props, um, helping out with the drapes, uh, that kind of thing. So it depends on what what you're looking for on that job. I think, you know, so it's like currently we're doing a period piece, so someone who's good at um, creating. Uh, something from nothing is quite handy, especially for for hanging drapes and doing that kind of thing, and, and having that angle on it. On it. Um, uh, so yeah, it depends. It depends very much on the job. But as a general assistant, it's, it, it's being a jack of all trades rather than <coughs> master of one. I think, which is kind of the opposite of what a lot, a lot of courses try to teach. But you know, it's, it's kind of like you said that being taught a little bit of everything helps out, doesn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, I think art department assistant is probably one of the hardest jobs to get because there's so many people coming out and wanting. We've got, a, we've got a huge number of CVs for this role mm. and, and there's only really two places yeah. for it represented. It should really be one, but we have two because there's a good number of people yeah. really good. So it is really hard to get, but yeah. Uh, and that, that's one of those things, you know, if you get a work placement, then that next job, that next role will be ad family assistant or, you know, petty cash buyer poss possibly because um, depends on the placement and how long you're with someone and what, how well they do. Um, but the, uh, our current petty cash buyer um, came and did a two-week placement on Doctor Who uh, pre-Christmas, so that would have been 2017. Um, we needed some dailies, uh, so she came in and did a few days. Everyone was quite impressed, um, and we ended up we didn't have a petty cash buyer at the time on Doctor Who. We, we kind of realised that we were struggling, but we needed someone else. So she was the natural choice. So she she went within I would say a four to five month period. She she went from being there for a couple of weeks for work experience to having a full time job. Um, but that was just purely being totally you know um, happy to do anything for, you know put your hand in mud back whatever and having to clear up sort out. Do she did anything without question. To be in and queue 20 times a day. Hmm? <laughs> Gone to be in queue 20, 20 times, times a day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and not going on like that when they just <laughs> arrive back and going, oh, sorry, we forgot to ask you to get this. You know, just willingly going and doing it again. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that kind of, that's what I mean by making sure you get remembered. Because if you, you know, if it works properly, and like we've been trying to do, you know, everyone gets to move up, move, move, move along in the, within the department, then 
every two years or so, then you will need to refill those uh, those junior roles. And if during that time you've been work work experience and have been remembered, then you're more likely to be asked to be that role because it is the one, like you say, it's the most most of these applications we get is for that. Some of the lower budget things as well are more desperate for people who can fill those roles. So that can be a route to get them straight into a bigger thing. So that, that's how I did Stand By Arbor as a first responder, small budget film, where they needed someone to, to step up. And so that's, that's, that is a route as well. And it's a good learning ground. It's similar, I, I started as an art department assistant in a very small job, but obviously on a smaller job you get a lot more responsibility. Um, so I ended up moving quite quickly up to assistant art director just because I was finding myself doing the, that sort of role, even as an assistant, because there's just so, there's not enough of you really, so you end up doing a lot more than you would usually do. So, yeah. Experience is everything, you know. So there's there's a, there's always people looking for um, people. To, I'm not a great advocate of, of working for free, but there are an awful lot when you want experience. There are an awful lot of people doing short films, um, low budget stuff. that are looking for people to just help out. And experience is experience at the end of the day. So um, if you can afford to do that kind of thing, it's always good. Um, but I wouldn't advocate doing it all the time. Get some experience and then get paid for it. Um, could you just sort of uh, talk through the range of pay rates from beginner to? It beginner? depends very much on the on the no, jobs know, and the roles. I think it might be interesting. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very very wide gamut because it depends on what you're doing, and you know, um, uh, it, from some some very very low budget things, you you could be on 150 pound a week. Uh, doing across the board so they would go right this is what we have no matter what your job role this is what we get you know that's it and then it's it and they might offer you a percentage of the of the end uh end profits which has never happened um <laughs> uh or you know um as as you go up then there's obviously pay grades that are agreed by a um uh, <coughs> pact agreements on different roles uh that tends to be not a specific figure but a window um and then when you go we get, get to do the hopefully one day the big Netflix Amazon shows or feature films and it's just stupid money um, which we all hope for one day uh, you know th but it's yeah it's um it is very much dependent on on what the jobs are uh, and uh, unfortunately I think it's inversely um, proportionate to the amount of work you do the, 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 you know, it, it, it's proportionate to the amount of experience you have, really. You know, so that um, when you start out, you tend to do a lot more work running about doing all the stuff, and you tend to get the pay paid less. But the more experience you have, the easier it is to do those things. So you don't tend to have to run about as much. So then you get paid more. Hope that answers your question by being a little bit ambiguous as well. <laughs> well, I guess people could look up the Vector. Yeah, there's a Vector rate, rate card, yes, which I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, yeah. Um, Better pact agreement, which I think's made the industry a bit more fairer. Like since well, it's I started, attempted, yeah, yeah. Since I started out, like I've noticed the rates have become more fa fairer in terms of mm. what you get for what you're doing. Um, yeah. So <coughs> um, you're down to about the last five minutes before the session ends. So yeah. So is there anyone who wants to ask something else or?
Can I just ask one final thing? Yeah. I know I really asked a question. With these kind of entry points that we're talking about, so the volunteering for students yeah. and the kind of running roles, um, is there a platform you suggest to find those positions? Uh, well, no, that's what I was saying about the course. Uh, a lot of, of um, design courses have links to industry, yeah. so I would I would research that before signing on to, up to a course. Yeah. Um, other places like uh, the BBC do have um, uh, trainee schemes and stuff, they, and they vary from different names over the years. They've but got one at the moment. They're advertising for. They're advertising them. actually uh, for Doctor Who at yeah, the moment for um, uh, electric, yeah, graphics, electrician, carpentry. Um, there's various entry roles that, um, that are not necessarily the kind of things you'd ne you'd associate with TV, but you know, so it's they're, they're good ones. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's it's just keeping an eye out and things and. Sometimes just contacting, to just you know, if you if you contact someone like the BBC, they might they'll go. Oh no, we haven't got anything like this. But if you try this, or you go here. Yeah, it's all about contacting the right person at the right time, which can be difficult, because um, it is just luck in that sort of sense. But yeah, just be persistent, and you will hit the right person at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the, the job, my first job as a runner, I, I got a list of every independent company in Wales and I got uh, in an alphabetical <laughs> order and I got to the letter O when they were looking for a crew at the time and I managed to persuade them to give me an interview and I got the job. So, you know, it was literally that, just phoned them all one by one until someone said yes. And it can happen very quickly in our industry if people are looking for quite a lot of people quite mm. last minute sometimes. So sometimes your first role will be like, so can you start on Monday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so hardly any job. Yeah. They tell you a lot like in a advance. It is. Yeah. Where are you going on holiday, man? Yeah, I was. I had booked flights. <laughs> uh, I booked museum tours and stuff. Yeah. And friends accommodation, and then you and Dad rang me for Doctor Who, and came down. And on the train, I was going. Oh, if, they, if they need me that week, am I going to? Am I going to cancel my holiday or not? And then you offered me the job, and yeah, I said, right. <laughs> forget Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, look, look at you now, talking in front of a room of strangers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Well, good. If nobody's got further questions, I would like to say thank you very much to Arwen Harry. Richard, Kayla, and Georgia, um, for <laughs> being honest, basically. Um, I don't know whether any of you are able to hang about if people want to meet Yeah, by all means, some of us will. Um, but it's all about contact, so <laughs> yeah. straight in there. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure Kevin will be happy to do some selfies as well if you want. <laughs> no, that would be great. Yeah. Actually, I'm quite one, because I'm sure he's gone, if you guys don't mind. And also, many thanks to uh, Penny, well, the Wales Screen Commission. Penny Screen Very Shy is there. And again, if anybody wants to grab her and find out what they do and how they do it, um, do take advantage. Anyway, thank you guys very much. You're welcome.